we as believers have been given one task. And I keep saying it as we talk about kids, I keep saying that our goal with kids is to raise up kingdom warriors. But um, the reality the reality is that as believers, we've been given one task. And um, it is summed up in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. So therefore go, he's saying to his disciples, his, yeah, his disciples go and make disciples of all nations. Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Life in Rhythm podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Melissa. And today we have a new uh, topic for you today. Hopefully you are recovering from all the post-2020 uh, election uh, nonsense that was going on. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to catch our last episode where we were talking with our friends Ryan and Kelsey Cole, uh, make sure that you go back and listen to that one uh, after you're done listening to this one. Uh, but like I said, we got a new one for you today. So, babe, what are we talking about? We're talking about how our children are n- not ours. Okay. So, can you explain what you mean by that and why it's important? Yeah. So, basically, the our children are a gift from the Lord. Um, they, as it says in Psalm one twenty seven three, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. So, basically, our children are God's and not ours. He's basically just put them under our care. Um, while we're here on the earth. Hmm. That's good. So um, can so why would that be important for somebody to know as they're parenting, as they're stepping into being a parent and raising uh, their son or daughter? Yeah, so I'd say for the person who's a believer and who has kids, it's I think it's really important that they know this early on as they're helping their child grow and develop because um, basically we have to have a relationship with God and we have to model that to our kids. And so it's really important that we are involved in prayer and in, into the word so that we can teach our kids to love God and to raise them up following after him. Yeah, so basically we as parents um, were given the permission to raise up a individual or individuals who really don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so our responsibility as also children of God is to raise them up to be more like Jesus mm-hmm. as they get older. Yes. So they become a better representation or as Paul would say, a better ambassador of Christ in this world. Yes. So would you, I feel like there's a danger in that because I'm a faulty person. I'm broken. I'm jacked up. Um, and yet God gives me that responsibility what would you say to somebody who would say something like that to them or to you? I mean, none of us are perfect in this life and we have to do the best that we can in order to raise them up to follow after God and to love God. Um, like, I, I mean, I'll admit I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect Christian and follower after God. I mess up every single day, but I think if, as long as I keep trying each and every day, despite whatever brokenness I have in my life or things that I've messed up on, like I still need to teach my daughter 
you know, what's right from wrong and to help her follow the right path. Yeah. So Jesus gives these parables where he talks often about um, a a manager or a, um, a person that owns a field and this manager or field owner, they give all this responsibility over to some of the servants uh, or so to some of their servants and uh, say, hey, take care of the field, watch after it. Um, one of the most famous parables is the parable of talents. Uh, manager gives one guy 10 talents, another, uh, or I think oh, I'm drawing a blank on it right now, but it's like he gives them possessions mm-hmm. that belong to the manager. One's given many, one's given few, one's given even fewer. Um, and the way that the parable plays out is the one who was given many uh, doubles basically the uh, share that he was given. The one that was given just a little bit less than him does the same thing. He uh, has a return on the investment. Well, the one who was given fewer than the rest says, uh, hey, I know that you're a hard person. Um, so what I did was I took what you gave me and I buried it, I hid it away and didn't do anything with it. That way, what you gave me, I can give back to you. Um, and in the parable that Jesus talks about, uh, the manager basically looks at that last, uh, servant and says that he is a wicked servant because he didn't do anything. There was no return on the investment that was made. Mm-hmm. So in that parable, you apply it to what we're talking about today. As uh, parents ourselves, God says, hey, here is this little girl, and her name is Micah, and I'm giving her over to you guys to watch over her, to take care of her, to raise her up, um, to be uh, the best person that she possibly can be on this side of eternity and it becomes our responsibility to either move forward with that um, responsibility that's been given to us or to do nothing with it Um, so how does I guess I bring all that up because I believe that's what you're bringing up and what we're talking about in this episode is just how God gives us kids and um, we have to keep in mind that we have to hold on to them loosely. As much as we love them, as much as we care for them, as much as we want the best for them, we have to keep in mind that in all the things that we want for our kids, God wants even more. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's basically what we're talking about today. This is an episode, uh, babe, that you had on your heart and your head, on your mind. So. Yeah, yeah. So the whole point of this episode, or where I got the idea of this topic, is um, reading this book called "Mom Up" uh, by Kara K. James. Uh, she's the founder of Thrive Moms, and um, this whole book it talks about um, thriving in motherhood and not surviving in motherhood. And there's a chapter in the book where she talks about. Um, that our children are never ours to begin with. So um, like I mentioned the verse earlier, Psalm 127.3, children are a gift. Um, They're not ours, they're God's. And um, our kids are never going to fully meet or fulfill our expectations. Only God can do that. Mm -hmm. And um, this whole chapter just talks about how our identity is not in our kids' 
like they cannot fulfill our happiness. They can't meet our expectations, but God can. And um, like I mentioned earlier, um, he's entrusted us to take care of our children while they're on earth with us, but they ultimately belong to him. And so while they're in our care and in our homes, like we've been entrusted as their parents to teach them um, to know who God is, to love God and to follow him with all of their hearts. Um, And um, yeah, this is just, I got so many like nuggets from this chapter that I just feel like, you know, part of our podcast talks about family and, you know, this, this book is mainly about moms, but I think it relates to not just moms, but to both the parents and the household. Um, because, you know, we're both raising Micah together to, you know, hope that one day she will follow after God by, you know, seeing how we follow after him and model that in this household. Yeah. So what I love about everything that you just um, said, what you read, uh, quoted from the book, is the, the idea that we won't find our joy, we won't find our happiness or fulfillment from being parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is this constant um, image that is placed over people that um, your fulfillment or you'll feel fulfilled once you, um, you know, in high school, it's you'll feel fulfilled if you're dating somebody. Yeah, if you're uh, prom king or prom queen or something like that. Or just if you're in a relationship in general. Yeah, that, yeah. That uh, you're not living your best high school experience unless you're dating somebody. You have somebody to take to the school dances or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then you take that to um, into your college years, your young adult years, and then it becomes more of this pursuit of who will be your future spouse, Mm -hmm. that there's this image placed over everybody, this idea that uh, if you are living a, if you're a single individual, you're not yet living your best life. You're not yet fulfilled. Yes. Because fulfillment comes once you have somebody to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, your other half. Right. So then you get married. Mm -hmm. And then after you get married, quickly after marriage, the questions always come from people. When are you going to have kids? So when are you guys going to have kids? As if if the original idea of fulfillment of getting married wasn't enough. Now there's this new concept of your life is fulfilled once you get married and then once you have kids. Yeah. So then time comes and uh, whether by accident or on purpose, (laughs) you have uh, a child enter into your life and it's a joyous occasion. And there is the moment that everybody says, and here's the picture of especially the American dream. If you've got your house to live in, you've got your white picket fence, you've got your 2.3 kids and your dog, um, life is supposed to be joyous and you're supposed to feel like you are fulfilled in life. Um, but the overall picture has been painted. But what I think is important based off of what you said and the reason why I paint all those scenarios is uh, the, the important underlining factor in there is that your joy, our fulfillment, our purpose in this life comes from no one other than God. Yes. So that job, that spouse, the kids that you've been given, those are a blessing. A blessing on top of what is supposed to be the ultimate provider and fulfillment of your life, which is King Jesus. Yeah. I love what she says in the book about he um, 
God has basically placed them under our care, quote unquote, on loan. Mm. So, and she talks further about how she didn't like hearing that. And a lot of people may not hear, like hearing that, like our, our children are just with us on loan, quote unquote, like, um, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like they are just put into our care for a temporary time and yes, they're a huge blessing and that's on a huge gift. And that was like one thing that just really stuck out to me is like, despite the frustrations and, you know, Micah not meeting my expectations and my quote unquote fulfillment or whatever on a daily basis, cause she's only one and a half, you know, she is still a gift and a blessing from the Lord. And that's something that I really am trying to work on, like keeping in the back of my mind of like, you know, I didn't deserve to have her, you know, mm. God gave me to her, gave me, gave her to me as a gift. Same. Both so, ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason why this is an important question, or not question, but topic to go over is especially in light of our previous episode talking with Kelsey and Ryan. Yeah. Um, there are folks out there that are listening to this or they listened to the last episode um, and they have gone through miscarriages, pregnancy loss, um, the tragedy that comes alongside with that. And they're hearing this and they're going... Yeah, well, that's all well and good, but I don't actually have uh, my my kid. I can't hold my kid. I'm not laughing with um, this quote-unquote blessing, mm-hmm. as we keep saying, yeah. as the Lord would say. Um, so how does this apply to my life? And um, I would say for those people, like it, it especially applies to your life, all the more so that you know if you are uh, parents that you went through miscarriage, for that time being, that that child was a part of your life. And notice that I say child. I believe that as a living, breathing uh, person inside yeah. the womb. Yeah. Um, for that amount of time, whether you whether you never got to hear your kids laughter, see their uh, eye color, anything like that, for that time period, God saw that you were worthy enough to carry that person in the womb whether it was for two weeks, six weeks, 37 weeks, um, all the way into birthing into this world and then tragically taken away from you Mm -hmm. in the time period that you had that kid, um, that child, that precious blessing, I would say take comfort in knowing that for throughout the life of your child, God looked at you and said, I needed you to be that parent, exactly who you were for that length of time. Yeah. Whether it was two weeks or 37 weeks or still going on to this day, you're a parent to this day. Um, You, in that time period, you were the perfect person for the amount of time that the Lord gave his child to you to take care of. Mm -hmm. So I would say, uh, man, you know, um, I, you, you keep quoting that Psalm 127 passage. And when I read it, I read it through the NLT and, uh, it's translated out this way. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Yeah. And then it says, how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. And it's so easy for me to get caught up on that, to think, man, the more kids that I have, 
the happier I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But again, based off of everything that we're talking about, your joy and your fulfillment doesn't come from the amount of kids that you have. It really comes from the joy that you have in the Lord and how much he's entrusted you to raise up kingdom warriors to send out into this world. I like that a lot. Thanks. I like that version better than my version. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's true. I think that it's easy to get caught up on some of the words in here and the the way that um, the psalmist is, what is it, by by Solomon. Again, Solomon's the the wisest, richest guy who ever lived, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about um, even just his his life. He is the son of King David. Um, he had mighty, mighty shoes to fill. There's so much about who this guy is, and there's so much responsibility that has been given to him. And with all this responsibility, all this kingship, all this land that's been given to him, and he sits there and writes down that joyful is the man that has a full quiver. Hmm. Man, that's how important it is to, or not important, but that's how much of an honor it is yeah. to be a parent. Yeah. And again, I have to stress that that means being a parent, whether it's for only two weeks. Yes. Um, in the womb, outside the womb, it is an honor. And I think that people need to hear that. Um, but let's focus in on on even more. Let's kind of transition a little bit. Um, that idea of arrows. Mm-hmm. I have a friend uh, who lives out in uh, Rwanda. Who has, I didn't know that. Yep. Has, well, you've met her, Jordan. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Jordan comes and visits us, and she has a, um, oh gosh, Jordan, if you ever listen to this, I'm so sorry if I can't remember. I know that your child's name is Arrow, but I can't remember if Arrow's a boy or girl. I'm so sorry. Um, in fact, I know two people who their kid's name is Arrow, but then I know that Jordan named um, her kid after this passage. It's this idea of, um, uh, your your whole goal as a parent, man, God's whole goal for you as a parent is to train up this kingdom warrior. Yeah. To raise up your child in the way that they should go. That way, when they are older, they will not turn from it. That's scripture, by the way. Um, to to be these um, kingdom territory advancers, um, and so that's what it is. The imagery that Solomon it's, is, is painting is the idea of your. You're given this quiver, this child, to launch out, not to hold on to, yeah. but to release. That's the whole point. An arrow that just stays in the quiver uh, is completely useless, but one that is launched out has meaning, has purpose, and has momentum behind them. So, um, yeah, I so what up? That I just thought of a question. So, for someone who is holding on to their quiver. And they're struggling to let them go Mm. and struggling to understand that their kid is not theirs, but God's and they're supposed to be sent out. What would you tell that person or what what advice would you give that person who's struggling with that, struggling with that concept of understanding? Of releasing? Yeah. I mean... I guess my my question clarification is really seen as in like allowing them to go live their life. Like, um, what am I trying to say? So, like, if someone's struggling with um, 
accepting that their kids belong to God and that they are supposed to send out their kids into this world to follow after God. How do you, what advice or like, what would you tell that person who's struggling with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think as hard as it may be to hear my advice or what I would tell that person is that you are, you are the one that are stopping your kid from, uh, stepping into all that they can be and stepping into the purpose that God has designed them for. Yeah. I think that it's easy for a person, again, this is where you would have to go back to scripture, but I think it'd be easier for a person to say, well, the purpose, well, Stu, the purpose of my kid could be to bring me happiness. Mm. Again, everything that we're talking about is that your kid's purpose isn't to bring you happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you think about it in the sense that, um, Let's change the way that we talk about parenthood and raising of children. Um, We as believers have been given one task. And I keep saying it as we talk about kids. I keep saying that our goal with kids is to raise up kingdom warriors. But um, the reality reality is that as believers, we have been given one task. And... um, it is summed up in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. So therefore, go. He's saying to his disciples, his, yeah, his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that being said, for the person and for everybody who has a kid, um, I think as believers, we go, man, I get so charged up that Jesus says that, I, I am given this responsibility to go and make disciples, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Well, as a parent, you have literally been given a person to train up <laughs> as a disciple. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why I say that we need to flip the script on what it means to be a parent raising kids. Um, don't, you, I mean, the joy of saying that I'm, I'm mom, I'm dad, this is my kid is one thing. But to sit there and say, man, I discipled my daughter. Yeah. To be able to watch Micah grow up. And if I discipled her, and I know that there's, uh, in discipleship, there's my part, there's Micah's part, and then there's God's part. I I can't control how Micah decides to rebel or press even further into God's goodness. I I have no control over that. Um, because that's her part to play. But my part is to be the best disciple maker of the potential disciple that Jesus has given me, which is my daughter. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for you. In this household, it has become my responsibility to make the best disciple who makes disciples out of my wife, Melissa McPherson, and out of my daughter, Micah McPherson. And if we have more kids along the way, it's my responsibility to make a disciple who makes disciples in the long run. And that's why I say uh, kingdom warriors. That our goal as parents is to raise up people who are going to go off and win more kingdom territory for King Jesus on this side of eternity. So that's a long answer to the question, but I think <laughs> no, that, it's good. I think that's the important thing yeah. to keep in mind is, especially if you are a uh, follower of Jesus and you're having a hard time letting go of your kids, releasing that arrow that you've been given. I would say think of how many people. Um, might not get to hear the good news that there is a God who is for us and not against mm-hmm. us because you won't release your yeah. arrow. Yeah. That would, that's their whole point. Yeah. That's good.
Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the reason why I bring it up is because I, I know some people in my life who struggle with believers, moms who struggle with that fear of their children of getting hurt or basically letting them go and trying to just put them in a bubble and, you know, as dumb as this sounds, like, you know, you say that we're supposed to train Micah to be like a disciple and follow after God. And I just, she's only a year and a half now, but perfect example is at church today. She just says, hi to every little kid and bye to every little kid leaving class today. And she is probably not learning anything biblical yet because they're just playing toys and probably singing songs and stuff. But the fact that she's putting herself out there and being vocal and being nice and friendly to other people is just, um, to me, it's almost just like the starting point, if that makes sense. I don't know. Well, and think about even us taking Micah to church now at such a young age. Yeah. Um, where she doesn't know the difference and yeah. think about what she is teaching us mm. about who Jesus is. Yeah. Right. Um, this idea of, um, this idea of diversity is something that is learned. Yeah. We are taught, we are, we learn to see, uh, diversity in our world because if you go back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, Uh, God's original design in the garden was for all people, all nations Mm -hmm. to be one under one kingship, again, under, under King Jesus. Um, but, but as time goes on, we learn to view people as different than ourselves. And that's, that's a tactic of the enemy. But yet our one and a half old daughter, she doesn't know any better Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. And I would pray that she doesn't learn any better but the fact that she can see somebody who uh looks like her who looks different than her who's older than her who is younger than her um who i mean she does it to our dog stout (laughs) but she says hi and she says bye it's this um it's this loving nature of innocence yeah and we get to see and that's that's an attribute of jesus Mm mm-hmm and we get to see that played out in real time. I don't, we don't, in real time, we don't see it that way. We just see her as being funny um, and, and a joyful, happy little girl. But in reality, what we're seeing is an example of King Jesus being lived out in that little girl. Yeah. Seeing every single person as worthy mm-hmm. of being greeted. Um, so, I, you know, there's, there's um, yeah, there's an importance to that. But... The other thing that you mentioned is, um, you know, you know, parents who like they have a hard time um, letting loose their kids because of fear of injury and whatnot. And I would say, like, hear me out. Like, I freak out over our daughter running <laughs> on the couch. My head goes to immediate, like, the worst case scenario. She does like unintentionally a barrel roll 360 backflip somersault through the air getting off the couch and she hurts herself (laughs) um and there are so many people who will listen to this and they know exactly what i'm talking about that as you're watching your kids run around you're thinking of all the potential dangers that are uh waiting around the corner for your kid 
Like you don't even live in Australia, but you watch your daughter running down the sidewalk and you're just waiting for a Australian crocodile to come out of the drain <laughs> to grab her by the foot and take <gasps> her down. And you're just like, where, how did that even play out? <laughs> but you play out all these worst case scenarios. And um, some of those worst case scenarios are, are, are horrifying uh, to picture out. But even in those moments, those are moments that, again, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, those are moments that the Lord will redeem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, I have seen posts from people on social media who their kids got a broken arm, um, but they're able to share about how in those moments, uh, Jesus was glorified mm-hmm. in that moment at the doctor's office. Um, I would highly, highly recommend, I know it's a book that you and I both read. That's what um, I was thinking about. Yeah. The, so <laughs> if you haven't read Through the Eyes of the Lion or Through the Eyes of a Lion uh, by Levi Lusco, um, just a story that he shares about what his family went through losing their daughter and then even how um, that was, how God redeemed that one. I mean, you want to talk about worst case scenarios, uh, That me being completely transparent. I've had this conversation with Melissa that uh, every single morning that I wake up, my first reaction is to look at the, the baby monitor. Um, and when Micah was super little, I used to sit there and wait and stare at the monitor. I would wait to see any sort of movement before I would begin my day because I felt more comfortable and I had a sigh of relief once I saw movement. I knew that my daughter was okay. Um, so that's like the worst case scenario is that the Lord takes away your child before you're ready. Yeah. Again, here we are talking about open handedness from, uh, Psalm 127. Um, but in, in Levi Lesko's book, he talks about them losing their daughter, um, leading up to Christmas Eve service Mm -hmm. and, uh, just the, the wherewithal for his wife to have, um, after immediately after losing their daughter, um, she says to him, sitting in the car, just leaving the hospital, mm-hmm. and she says to him, did you invite the doctors and the nurses to Christmas Eve mm-hmm. service? Yeah. And I, I don't remember how the story plays out. You're going to have to go read the book for yourself, but um, if I remember correctly, I think every single one of those doctors and nurses showed up to Christmas Eve service um, in that story, I think. Um, whether there were kingdom territory one in that moment i don't know and yeah. and i i talk about kingdom territory as in um deposits being made mm-hmm. people hearing about jesus and and just maybe just uh, maybe just maybe um them receiving jesus as their lord and savior but um again being able to feel comfortable enough to release your kid and know man that that love that you have for your child the lord hundred times, a thousand times, a billion times that love mm-hmm. um, for your kid than you have for yourself. And still, yet God said, uh, I deem them worthy enough to go out into this world. And not only do I deem them worthy, worthy enough to be born into this world, but I deem you worthy enough to care for that child and mm. to be the one that launches them off mm. into this world. So That's good. Yeah. Parenting's hard. Yes, it is. It's fun sometimes. <laughs> I can say, honestly say that the poopy diapers at the very beginning were not not the greatest moments for myself, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, my hope for anybody that listens to this is that you would feel encouraged 
Um, I, you know, this even goes well beyond just parenting. I know that we're talking about parenting, but the reality is that everything that we have on this side of eternity, it is a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, um, he's looked at you as uh, his uh, masterpiece. Um, he's looked at you and said, man, um, it, it is an honor for me to give this to you. I'm actually in the, I'm in the process of um, memorizing all of Psalm 23 right now. And sometimes I memorize scripture. I'm going on a tangent here. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but sometimes I memorize scripture and I go, I don't feel like I'm doing this for any other reason other than just to say that I memorize something. Um, but as we sit here and we talk about this, like, this is where I see the importance to scripture memorization. But uh, David writes in there, probably about verse three, verse four, I'm saying, I, I think, he talks about how um, the Lord anoints his head with oil, um, which is an, it's an honoring move. In fact, I think David even says, again, in the NLT, it says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. Then he says, my cup overflows with blessing. Mm. And... Uh, for all of us, again, um, speaking directly to followers of Jesus, everything that you have in this life is a physical um, expression to that cup overflowing the blessing. Mm-hmm. Because everything that you have, you need to hold on to loosely because it's not yours anyways. Yeah. It belongs to the Lord. Yeah. I like that. It's really good. So, so uh, do you have anything else for our listeners on this topic? I don't think so. I would just encourage people to, you know, really try to model um, the love of Jesus to your kids. Um, You know, we're not perfect. We have good days. We have bad days. But if they can see you, you know, just looking at you, that you love Jesus and that you spend time in the word and praying to him, you know, um, that could go a long way in the long run just by them watching you doing that and be like, oh, I want to read my Bible too. You know, something mm. as simple as that. So I just encourage um, parents out there to model the love of Christ to their kids. Yeah. Uh, going back to that Matthew 28 passage, um, it's known as the Great Commission. Um, just having this conversation earlier this week that people get caught up on the idea um of the, of the task that Jesus gave to make disciples. But probably one of the most important words happens right at the very beginning of that commissioning, and it's the word go. Hmm. Um, I think that, we, that people often read that, and we see that as that's Jesus saying, okay, I, I'm setting you off into motion. Yeah. Um, that this is something that you're supposed to start doing. Um, but as believers, it's not something that we're supposed to start doing. It's something that we're supposed to be doing as we're already going about doing our everyday life. Mm-hmm. So um, I love the the encouragement that you just gave for people. You know, um, you're not going to be perfect. None of us are going to be perfect. That's the reason why we're not Jesus, and that's the reason why we need Jesus in our lives. Um, but the encouragement to read and pray 
is so important. And those are the, to me, those are the easy steps though. Yeah. Those are the easy steps. And I think for anybody, I know for myself, that actually sounds like the hardest step, just opening up my Bible and reading it and reading it with you or reading it with Micah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that, that commissioning to go as you're going, I think one of the greatest, um, advice that I was ever given from anybody was a now friend from uh, back in New Mexico where he said it is it is better when we're doing young adult ministry. Uh, he says it is more of a discipleship moment to invite young adults over to our house and let them see how a godly man treats his wife, yeah. how yeah. a godly man treats his kids, inviting them out to dinner to see how a follower of Jesus tips and treats uh, a waiter. Um, it's how a, a um, kingdom, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven lives life on this earth and how they best represent King Jesus on this side. Um, so that would be my encouragement is um, go for the easy wins, reading the Bible and, and prayer. Again, and I, I say that tongue in cheek because those are things that I'm not even consistent with with my family. But then go for the hard wins and see how, as you're going, you can continue to model Jesus in front of your kids and yeah. to the people that God's entrusted uh, or put in your, your circle of influence, um, how you can represent King Jesus in everything that you're doing as you're going and living life. So, um, so yeah. Raising up kid, kids, mm-hmm. Psalm 127. Go read that one. Apply it to <laughs> memory. Um, but as always, we love to close this out with uh, some prayer. Uh, I'm up. I'm up. So I'm going to pray for all of us. So let's pray. And dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, we want to thank you for just another episode of the Life and Rhythm podcast. And uh, God, this is something that you set my wife and I out on. Um, God, for all we know, um, two people could be listening to this podcast and uh, up to two million people could be listening to this podcast. But God, we don't do this uh, for gaining followers. Uh, God, we we do this because you called us to do it. Um, And so uh, we're just trusting you uh, that this is going to reach who you needed to reach when it needs to reach them because you are a good, good father. and because of that, God, we take our cues from you on how to be a good parent. Uh, Father, you discipline, and you discipline justly. And, but, Father, you also love so deeply. And in the same way, God, for um, us as parents, I pray that we would look at our kids and we would be reminded that um, as much as we love them and we love holding on to them and we love laughing with them, and God, they bring us so much joy in our hearts. God, I pray that in those moments where we are filled with so much joy from um, our kids. Um, Father, even the kids that are just kicking away in the womb of mommy's belly, I pray that we would remember that the love that we're feeling in that moment uh, is nothing in comparison to the love that you feel and have for them. And God, I pray that that would be the thing that reminds us about the love that you have for us. Um, God, we are jacked up, messed up, broken people. Uh, We are desperately in need of a Savior, and I am so, so thankful that we have the best Savior in Mm. King Jesus. So, God, I pray that uh, we would reflect, we would be more reflective of you in the way that we handle the things that you've entrusted to us, and we would be reminded to hold on to things open-handedly, 
Um, and God, that we would be good servants and having a great reward or a return um, on our investment. Ultimately, Father, as always, we just want to put a smile on your face and we hope to hear and we aim to hear well done, good, faithful servant come from your mouth uh, to our ears. So God, we love you so much and we lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear and have benefited at all from what we have going on, we would appreciate you rating us and leaving a review. Your feedback helps us get you content that you need to find rhythm in your own life and helps get this podcast out to more people. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Life in Rhythm podcast. God bless.